Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and on today's episode, Matt, Emma, and I discuss something near and dear to the hearts of us here at Spirit and Truth, and that is prayer line ministry. We discuss all of the practical things like ministry gum to troubleshooting and problem-solving things that can happen in the prayer line. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And today we're having a conversation with the lovely people from Spirit and Truth staff. And let's have introductions. Go ahead. Hey, I'm Matt Reynolds. Hello, Emma Winchester here. (laughs) And I'm Maggie Elmer. And unfortunately, Tony cannot be with us this morning. He is otherwise engaged, but we have a great conversation planned for today. One that we think will be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, this morning we want to talk about just really practically um, some things that we have learned along the way about doing altar ministry and mm-hmm. praying praying with people. It doesn't have to just be at the altar, but when someone is coming forward for prayer at the end of a service, or even if we're just having a prayer time with someone at the church or in your home or whatever, what are some things that we need to to think through about? How do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit? How do we pray prophetically? How do we um, respect boundaries and just do things in an appropriate fashion? So we just wanted to talk through all of that. Now, some of this is maybe just fresh on our minds because uh, we didn't. We had the Spirit and Truth Conference not too long ago, and there's a lot of prayer ministry and people coming forward to receive prayer. Yeah. And so, um, so we always work with our prayer teams on some protocol uh, for that and. Just kind of best practices. So that's what we wanted to dive into today. Well, so how do we want to start this? We let's start practical. What are some practical things that we do? Yeah, Maggie, why don't you start? You've uh, you've trained a number of teams to operate at sort of a conference setting. And I think we'll probably use that as kind of our uh, test case uh, when people are coming forward to pray at the end of a worship service type of thing, or could be in the middle of a service, but these are principles that would apply really in any setting. Yeah. So, what are some of the some of the things that your go to tips for people d- as you get people ready for that kind of setting? Well, when it comes to preparing a team, or or just so if you're an individual who is just available to pray at the end of a service, I would say just really basic things like obviously hygiene is important. We <laughs> during our sound sound check, Emma was saying something that we talk about a lot: ministry gum. Yep, ministry gotta have gum. that ministry gum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need your coffee breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we all drink coffee in this office. You don't want our coffee breath, so. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, prayer is often um, an an intimate thing. Like, we, we often find ourselves sort of leaning close to the other person or speaking very closely. Mm-hmm. So, ministry, gum. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's a good note. We're, and, and really, that's a way, it's a, just a practical way. You're just trying to minimize distractions. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. That's exactly you know, right. We don't want anything to be in the way of them hearing whatever the Lord may have for them in that moment. And, um, <laughs> including halitosis. Yeah. 
Um, I think another practical thing just in, in that kind of arena is just respecting people's boundaries. Absolutely. Uh, I have, I have seen or been a part of some prayer ministries where it's like people got real close (laughs) and we don't really like God doesn't need you to be like in their face no to hear their prayer no <laughs> and so i think respecting those kind of boundaries and even asking uh, I, we always instruct people uh in our spirit and truth trainings if you're going to pray for someone uh you should ask permission to put your hand on their shoulder right. that's right um bef- you just you know everyone has different experiences they bring different issues and things into their Mm-hmm. Um, prayer time and especially if someone's coming to receive prayer sometimes for people that is a very vulnerable moment where they're perhaps you know I was just talking uh, talking with uh, a guy this morning who talked about the difficulty of coming forward for prayer because it just feels uh, <laughs> it feels intimate it feels vulnerable it exposing. feels yeah exposing and yeah. so when someone's in that kind of mentality we just be extra sensitive to um, you know, just being respectful and uh, cautious. Now, there are times, like certainly, where the spirit, as the spirit is working in a in a moment of prayer, where there are times where God may lead you to, you know, put your hand upon a shoulder, even put your hand upon a head, or things like that. Mm-hmm. But it certainly takes a certain level of spiritual discernment before you just jump in and start doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I always, my feeling about that kind of stuff is, for me personally, I almost always, always, always ask, because I'm a person who, like, I I have fairly strong physical boundaries, personally, like, I'm not always a big hugger, Um, like, there are a lot of wonderful huggers in my life, and they know that it took me a minute to be okay with it. <laughs> and yeah. I love it now, but like in the in the beginning, I'm like, oh God, I'm being hugged. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I almost always ask, even if I feel like the Lord is like, okay, put your hand on their head. Like if I even if I feel permission from the Lord, I always want to get permission from the other person too, because God values human agency, and it's not our job to overtake anyone's agency. Um, is there something you wanted to add yeah. to that, Emma? Well, along those same lines, if the person does say, yes, you can put a hand on my shoulder or on my back or mm. on whatever, no rubbing. Yeah. Do not yeah, rub. It's it, Sometimes it is um, like, it's I weird. see this a lot. Well, it is weird, but I see this a lot with like women who are praying and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It can be a very nurturing, just automatic response like that you would do with a child Your or, yeah. yeah. But in prayer ministry, it is very uncomfortable and distracting for the person who is being prayed for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I actually, I recently had an experience <laughs> where someone was praying for me and they were rubbing my arm really intensely. And I was like, I'm, Please stop. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what you're saying right now. Yeah. I have no yeah. clue. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. That's good. And again, all things just to minimize distraction. That's right. We want their attention to be upon the Lord. Right. That's right. Not on, I mean, the the prayer minister is just merely a vessel. Mm-hmm. We are not the object of attention. Yeah. And so that's these are ways that we're trying to keep their focus on Jesus. Yeah, I I like to think about this as as a type of like facilitating. Yeah. You're facilitating an encounter. Now, we don't 
you don't need a prayer minister to facilitate an encounter with the Lord. But sometimes, like one of the reasons people often feel very exposed coming forward for prayers because it's it's an admission of need. Sure. Just by definition, you that person is there to just as a prayer minister, you just need to receive people in compassion and be very sort of like matter of fact and, and not indulge your own emotional state. That's another thing I usually that's say good. to people. Look, it's about the, the issue that's being addressed. A lot of people who get into prayer ministry are often driven by a good thing, which is compassion and a desire to love people and help people. But um, it's important to not take on whatever the emotional thing is Mm -hmm. in front of you. It's really important to focus on the Holy Spirit, how the Lord is leading you in discernment so that you can, you know, help that person, really, truly help that person, not just sit in the mud puddle with them or, or whatever it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just not about you. Yeah. The the ministry, that's the bottom line. It's just not about about you. you. Yeah. And we can't be looking to fulfill personal That's right. spiritual needs. We're there to serve. That's right. So let's talk about just practically when someone does come forward. Just let's go kind of play by play. Sure. Um, and now I recognize there's some style in this, right? Everybody has a little bit of their own flavor or style. Um, my typical approach, and I think this is a fairly common and healthy thing, is I just simply ask, how can I pray for you? Or yeah. do you have something specific you want prayer for? It's just something like that. I, I just want to I want to honor the, the reason that they're coming forward. And I have seen people just immediately launch into prayer without any kind of little interview, um, which, you know, God can work in that too. Um, but I think it's good to ask because obviously they came forward for a reason. And sometimes people want to share you know, yeah. what it is that compelled them to walk up and re- receive prayer or even just, you know, in a setting outside of a service. It's good just to y- your willingness to listen to their need is a form of ministry itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are all kinds of <laughs> I, what I've realized over the sort of the very compacted sort of intense time of doing this there are multiple layers of therapeutic benefit and and supernatural benefit but one of them is exactly what you're talking about like when we have stuff inside of us that we're just keeping there keeping there Mm -hmm. keeping there and we just have the opportunity to speak it out loud it's a release valve that gets turned and so automatically there's an immediate release and also the lord tells us that you know it's when we bring things out into the light that he can really just get into it, minister to us, help us see what the truth is. In the dark, that's where there's confusion. We're believing lies, yeah. things like that. So, yep, let people say what they want prayer for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think about a time just uh, at this recent Spirit and Truth conference where my sense was after this particular person came forward and then I asked them, you know, what specifically they needed prayer for. My sense was after they shared that actually they had just done what needed to happen. Needed to happen. They just needed to say out loud mm-hmm. uh, this thing that they'd been holding inside. Yeah. And um, now, of course, we still prayed together. But my my sense in the moment was like that's actually what they just did by acknowledging this and naming it mm-hmm. was actually the most important aspect of our time right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we do, you know, just a brief interview. Now, I do want to say. I do feel like you can kind of um, 
you can let this get off track in a couple of ways. <laughs> if you skip it all together and you don't ask what they need prayer and you just make assumptions or you just launch in, that's kind of one side of the ditch. On the other side is, uh, and this takes a little bit of, you gotta, you got to like practice this a little bit. There are some times, the more you do this, where people, they're, sometimes people are nervous and sometimes people just want to tell you their whole life story. Yep. And there comes a point where you're like, you recognize that the talk, the talking is not actually going anywhere. It's not mm-hmm. really, it's not really like helpful to, um, at some point they need to actually just receive prayer. And so you can kind of let that conversation or sharing piece go too far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've found myself at different times almost interjecting after it's clear we've gotten kind of the main thing shared and now we're just out of nervousness or whatever, just kind of continuing to ramble. And sometimes then even, especially if I've already asked if I can put my hand on their shoulder, I'll just go ahead and gently put my hand up and say, okay, yeah, I hear you. Let's just, let's Let's pray about that. Let's take this to the Lord. Yeah, Yeah, let's take this to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I think another really helpful part of this um, specific component of prayer ministry is having a teammate. Yeah. Um, That's something that we kind of skipped over at the beginning, but it's in these circumstances, it can be really, really helpful to have someone else there with you who, um, you know, oftentimes if there's two people praying and one person comes forward, that person will sometimes like, choose which person they want to to, speak to Mm -hmm. and um so let's say like i'm coming up for prayer and i'm getting prayed for by matt and maggie and i'm sharing and i look to maggie and i'm just sharing and sharing and sharing and telling maggie every bad thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) in my life but at some point they the prayer team want to stop and take this to the lord since Maggie is going to have compassion and, you know, be a listening and uh, have mercy for me and mm-hmm. everything, Matt might come in and say, since he... <laughs> so I'm I'm the one in this example who has no compassion. That's <laughs> no, not true. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying, saying that I'm being the person who's not going to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Maggie is, you know, just being the, the listening ear. But you have the opportunity to listen to the Spirit almost in a more uh, concentrated way that's right to decide when to intervene and say hey can we can we take this to the lord that's good yeah and and i think one of the things too as you get into prayer ministry you you it's that compassion thing again you have to learn how to balance the compassion with with the urgency of the purpose why you're there yeah so it letting people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. There is a type of actually spiritual dynamic happening there as well sometimes, which is that when we are partnering with fear, we actually get into this sort of this kind of spinning, cyclical kind of like thinking Mm -hmm. habit. And then that's what comes out. Mm -hmm. It's like, we know we need help, but actually the only thing we've learned how to articulate in our internal prayer life is this anxious sort of Mm -hmm. um, obsessive thinking kind of thing. And then that's what comes out. So sometimes I think too, if you do a lot of prayer ministry, you start to recognize, oh, this person has really spent a lot of time partnering with fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And actually we're this is not going to be productive. Let's just take it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
You, you made a good point, Emma, that we kind of skipped over this. And I want to, I yeah. do want to pause and go back to this because I think this is really important. I think in almost all scenarios, the, the best, the most preferable situation is to have teams of two yeah. do prayer ministry. And I think there's multiple reasons for that. One is the ability just for practical things, like you said, those different dynamics that can happen where one person can be engaged in conversation and the other may be able to to approach something differently. Two is just from a safety and yeah. sort of intimacy yeah. standpoint. Absolutely. And prayer can be very intimate and not having it just between one on one is, I think, helpful. I also I prefer personally to have partners where it's one female and one male, if possible, right, yeah. so that whoever comes forward, there's someone of the same uh, gender. Gender that, you know, it just it just feels. I think um, there's an element of safety there. Absolutely. I also there's a an element of spiritual discernment that is really important, and I know um, something that, you know. For example, you Emma, you and I have prayed for people together a number yeah. of different times on yeah. weekends and things. And often we kind of look at each other throughout the time and we can kind of see like maybe uh, the Holy Spirit is kind of speaking to you or to me. And we can kind of like, um, we can sense a, a level of confirmation on the thing that we're hearing and then praying about. Or like, oh, the Lord is giving something to Emma. I'm going to like wrap up my prayer because I can see that, yeah. you know, something is, is, you know, there's just this back, back and forth. Something's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that brings up two different things. Um, the first thing that you mentioned was praying with your eyes open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not only for your partner so that you and your partner can kind of communicate with hand signs and stuff like that, but also so that you can see how the recipient is is doing (laughs) yes yes i think what you're referring to is that occasionally when you're in a prayer line um you're going to encounter manifestations yeah yeah it's important to keep your eyes open and not just manifestations like if you're seeing that the person is swaying or weeping weeping yeah um yeah Yeah. there's just just practical things like that you want to be aware of how the person is doing yeah, Absolutely. on the other side. That's right. But you're right. Like when we pray together often, you know, like I'll put my hand up if if I have something that, mm-hmm. you know, I hear from the Lord. Or sometimes I'll even say, I, Matt, I need you to start so that I can spend some time listening mm-hmm. because I'm not getting anything right now. But if mm-hmm. you could just start so that I could spend some more concentrated time, you know, mm-hmm. listening to the Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, one way to describe this dynamic is is a phrase called L-shaped listening. Yes. Where yeah. it's like you're listening horizontally to the person in front of you and you're listening vertically to the to the Holy Lord. Spirit. Yeah. yeah. So um, and that's we talk about that a lot. One ear on the Holy Spirit, one ear on the person in front of you. And I think the thing I really like about what you're describing is that this is a dynamic process. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times or at least if you don't have a lot of exposure to this type of prayer ministry, you can kind of think, okay, the person comes, we say a little prayer and then that's it. And, but actually prayer ministry is just that it's allowing the Holy spirit to Mm -hmm. enter into circumstances and minister to the person. So, Mm -hmm. so let's, let's drill down on that aspect just a little bit more Mm -hmm. about this cooperation with the Holy spirit and, um, just a couple of things popped in my head and then I would just love to hear what you all have to say about this. Uh, one is I 
I find myself when I'm in a that setting, um, one, I'm always, even if I'm hearing something or I'm feeling nudged by the spirit, um, now let me, gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself. When I, when I say hearing something from the spirit, cause I don't, you know, we may have a whole range of people listening to this and they're thinking, what do you mean? Like audibly? No, I, I mean, I mean, I do think God can speak audibly to people on occasion, but most often that's not uh, the norm. I'm talking about sort of an impression that he's um, sort of like a thought that's popping into your mind that you're like, this is not something I just was thinking of. It's like, seems to be God giving me this thought or even an image or kind of a, just a nudge that, you know, for some reason I feel like this person is really... Uh, struggling with anxiety. Well, why am I thinking that? I don't know this person. They just came forward for a prayer. You know, it's just like learning to sort of listen to that inner voice of the spirit, which, you know, does take practice. But the more that you practice it, these kinds of prayer settings can become very potent as you listen for the spirit. But what I wanted to say too is um, when, when someone comes forward for a prayer, I'm going to be listening for the direction of the spirit. But I'm also going to pray for what they ask. That's right. Like you need to like honor their request and don't just launch into something else because you're here. You know, maybe you're sensing a nudge from God in a certain area. You still need to just be gentle and honor what they have asked for. They've they've been vulnerable to to offer something to you. Mm -hmm. And even if it's something that seems kind of odd or trivial to you, just love them enough to just pray for that thing. A hundred percent. Yes. I don't, I've used examples like this before because, I, and I'm realizing as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, people, I've prayed for a lot of pets. Yeah. <laughs> I've prayed for, for a lot sure. of pets, but like, I totally remember praying for this woman's pet in a prayer line. And that as she's asking for prayer for her pet, the Lord is Related to the prayer request, the Lord is laying out like much deeper underlying issues of loneliness and things like this. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to pray for this pet. And then I'm also going to talk about the fact that the Lord does see this woman Mm -hmm. and that she is not alone. And, you know, but yeah, you start with the pet. You start with the dog, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's interesting. One other thing that just popped in my head is where I was thinking about how we listen for the Spirit and then pray into that. I always start very gently. Yeah. yeah. So I may be, the more I practice this, you know, you do hear direction from the Spirit. And sometimes God will speak to you about a person um, in <laughs> ways that are very direct, you know, like, I mean, I just being, uh, let me just be real frank. Like I've been praying for guys before where I just had a witness in my spirit that this, this, this guy was addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to instantly start to, to just lead from that place. Yeah. Praying, God, would you break off any addiction to pornography over this person? I'm not going to, I'm not going to no, pray right. that. You know what I mean? I'm going to be much more gentle and I'm going to be, I'm going to be humble and cautious in the way that I start to pray into the things that I'm receiving because I can be wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. And I don't want to be, um, you know, I want to be confident in, ha- in hearing from the Lord, but gentle and um, appropriately cautious in how I deliver that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I might, for example, I'm trying to think of an example from this last conference. 
you know, I might hear something where I'm feeling like, man, this, I, I feel like this person has really uh, been struggling with identity issues and they just need to, I'm not going to just name that. God, I feel like this person's struggling with identity issues. Yeah. I'm going to pray, God, would you reveal your love to this person? Mm-hmm. Like right now, even in this moment, would you just by your spirit, just come upon them? Would you give them a little glimpse of how you see them? Yeah. Things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, there's a there's a difference between the thing that you're hearing and then how in a pastoral and sort of like loving way you present that in prayer. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think, I think that that's, I, I'm prefacing what I'm about to say with saying, I think that this, what you're describing is the default position. This is how we always start. Yeah. yeah. On occasion, like I had, at this conference, I had a s- different experience. I did, actually didn't end up praying for a lot of people this weekend, but a f- one of the people I ended up praying for, the Lord spoke to me very directly. Yeah. Tell this person that they came here looking for something, wanted to hear X, Y, Z. You're going to say it to them. And in saying it, you're also going to say, all right, you've heard the thing you asked for. Yeah. Now you know, so go do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, me as the person listening... I would say that actually, if you get that kind of very, very direct word, um, the first thing you do is check with someone else. <laughs> just just like yeah. fa- take a minute to be like, mm-hmm. let me let me pause for a second and grab someone and just run this by someone. Or the way, or if you can't do that, and this is what I did in the moment because I looked around and all the people I would have asked were actually praying for other people. I just said, I feel actually like you've come here looking for something very specific and I said, does that resonate? That, does that idea resonate with you? Like, you're like, I have it in mind. Mm-hmm. And this person just nodded. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to say what I think that is, what I feel like I'm hearing. And I qualify everything. I feel like, I think. Yeah. You don't use emphatic kind of like, thus saith the Lord or the right. Lord says. or. And you're being humble in the yeah. way you present it because you're actually, you're asking them does this resonate with you? Mm -hmm. Which is another important tip. Like as you're praying for someone, you feel like directed, like you, you heard a word that you need to share with them or you're hearing like that you need to pray in a certain way. It's okay to ask for their feedback. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, along these same lines, Maggie, you brought this up. I often, um, if I hear something very specific from the Lord, kind of like what we're talking about, I will ask questions mm-hmm. to the oh, person. Yes, 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 yes. I have found, Maggie and I were just talking about this before the podcast. I have found in the past few years of learning to pray with people, um, the Lord has really shown me that it's not just like one of those circumstances where someone is coming to you. I am the only one praying and then we send them out. Mm-hmm. But it could actually be an opportunity for them to participate yeah. in hearing the Lord yeah. and... Um, kind of identifying needs of the Lord and stuff like that. And so us giving the opportunity to ask, like, is there anything that you want to confess to the Lord quietly in your Mm -hmm. heart? Or is there anything that Mm -hmm. you um, feel like you need that from the Lord that you're not saying or Mm -hmm. anything like that? Any time that you can give them the opportunity to uh, kind of address their heart and ask the Lord for help, yeah, we should do that. Yeah, I actually I love that, and that is 
one of I think one of the most important things because sometimes if there's a stuck area in our life it's because we're not actually for whatever reason we're not actually exercising the authority that God has given us in that area of our life mm-hmm. we could do be doing it everywhere else but for whatever reason in that area we're not and in James it says you know if you draw near to me then the then the, the enemy must flee and when we have strongholds like or stuck areas, mm-hmm. it's important to exercise agency, to to practice using authority. So whatever small step that looks like, whatever small step you can help a person engage in, it's just like a little crack in the door opening there. And um, so I think that's really important. Yeah. Sometimes, too, I like to ask after the prayer has finished, um, is there anything that you felt like God really spoke to you about mm. as we prayed or is there anything that really stuck out to you from our prayer time or whatever just an opportunity for them to reflect and sometimes the Lord has been speaking to them even in a way that's beyond any words that you shared with them yeah. and it's good for them to have an opportunity to share that out loud you know mm-hmm. I've seen some real breakthrough come in that when they're willing and then able to say out loud actually I felt like God said this to me as we were praying and that's what I needed to hear you know or whatever yeah mm-hmm. so I have a question because this is so this falls in line with s- certain sort of like practical things what do you do when someone won't go you know what I mean like you feel like the prayer time has ended but they're just still there and I mean has that ever happened to you yeah, I, yes. I just had an experience this with this. Um, this past weekend, I was at a youth retreat, uh, and I was on the prayer team for a bunch of teenagers. And um, this young girl came up to uh, me and my other prayer partner, and uh, she just started pouring her heart out to us and. You know, we prayed for the thing that she asked for. We um, invited her to pray herself. We, you know, kind of covered the things. And afterwards, we said amen. We hugged. It was good. And she just stood there, and she then she kept talking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my prayer partner and I looked at each other, and we just kind of nodded. And for a little while, we just stood there and said, yes, that that is a really difficult situation that you're going through. And I'm very sorry about that. You know, the Lord, this is not how the Lord intended this to be and stuff. And um, what we ended up doing was I kind of intervened because she was actually talking to my prayer partner more than she was to me. And I was listening to the Lord and I was like, Lord, how do we end this? And the Lord told me, um, you know, and invite this girl to to soak in the father's love so we uh stood there and i said i said you know is there any scripture that you're reading through right now in your personal life and she said i'm reading through the psalms and i said oh that's awesome why don't you go back to your seat and read through the psalms and just ask for the lord's love to wash over you in all of these places that are really painful and really raw right now. How about you go and just wash over and we will be here if you need us. But I think it'd be really important for you to spend some one-on-one time with the Lord. That's good. That's like a spiritual ninja right there. 
Well, I mean, it's both. It it accomplishes multiple things. Yeah. One, it is true. Yeah. That sometimes someone's standing in front of you because they want they want a human being to do what only God can do. Right. And it's really important for the human being to recognize yeah, that right. and say, okay, you've got to go do what only mm-hmm. get what God can give you. Right. And the other thing is, is other people are standing behind you. Yeah. It's their turn. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm this, I'm just less compassionate probably, <laughs> but I just will like, I will step to the side and wave up the next person. Right. Because like, I, I mean, yeah. that's a real practical kind of thing, mm-hmm. but like, this happened to me uh just at church just very recently uh like a week ago or something and i you know just sensing there was people waiting for a long time to receive prayer and i knew they were hungry for it because they had been standing there like 30 or 40 minutes and i was like uh you know a couple of the conversations continued on and i was like just trying to show grace but while at the same time recognizing like there's a lot of other people that need prayer, and so like mm-hmm. we're trying to balance those two things, mm-hmm. and um, because that prayer time is not a counseling session. Nope. Right. That, those are not the same thing, and some people will can try to turn it into that. Yeah. And um, it's just they're vulnerable. They're sharing. Perhaps they've just started to open up about something that they've never been open about before, and they're not quite sure how to handle that, and so it just kind of goes and goes. And so I think there's a, a couple tactics I've taken. One, if it's a person that you know and it's from your church, I've uh, sometimes I've offered, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to talk to you about this. I wonder, should we schedule another time so we can talk through this a little bit more, yeah. right? Because time and space, you know, there's not the, you know, I don't know if there's enough time to really dig into all this today like could we set up another time to get together so that's a thing that i've done before and sometimes just practical like i said like i just step step over i just wave to the next person in line forward and as they step forward for prayer that person gets the cue like oh i gotta Mm -hmm. you know my turn is is over and um all of that everything we're talking about has an element of spiritual discernment in it Yeah. yeah what emma just described was spiritual discernment cooperating with the spirit she wasn't just rude she wasn't just trying to concoct her own thing she said lord how do i navigate this, person, this yeah. moment and the lord led her into a thing into a practical step that sort of remedied the situation and put that young woman in a place to receive more from him yeah you know praise god that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing and so the holy spirit will lead us in these ways i think you know he, very practically we can ask him for direction in, in these kind of things yeah so here's another question um this is something that um i i often think about like before the spirit of truth conference and sometimes you know when our, on awakening weekends and i've talked about with prayer teams what do you do for personal preparation if you're on the prayer team mm. well why don't you talk about that because you're very passionate about this well, <laughs> I think I became passionate about it because I I did a couple of prayer I like I did some prayer ministry things back to back to back, mm-hmm. and I didn't do a lot of personal preparation, and I got really wiped out. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, well, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
but I like we have like a little prayer manual sometimes that we, and we've used a prayer manuals uh, at church um, and we talk about personal preparation and so if you do a lot of prayer ministry then I would say in fact if you're called to prayer ministry if you're called to intercession I would say actually the Lord is probably talking to you about how you live your life into that calling and what that requires of you. Some level of consecration, some level of always being in the word, practicing prayer, listening, things like that. If you're doing it episodically, um, where you're just doing it at particular occasions, I think similarly, you can do a fast, you can spend time worshiping, praying, repenting, taking authority, things like that. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking, Emma? You look like you have something to say. Well, no, I'm just agreeing. I the first two things that came into my mind that I almost that I always do before prayer time is repent. Yep. Mm-hmm. And put on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. That's and great. I think the armor of God is is one thing that I have really I mean, I've probably personally prayed the armor of God over myself for many, many years, but doing it very intentionally before prayer time. Mm-hmm. I've really adopted that as a non-negotiable yeah. thing. Yep. So just give us, I know we have to, we're going to wrap, wrap up, up this conversation soon, but give us just a real practical in in a minute or so. What do you mean when you put on the armor of God or you pray the armor of God? What does that actually look like? Well, I, for me personally, um, there are pattern prayers that you can use, but what I tend to do is just open up the Bible and yeah. insert my name into the scripture in the appropriate places so that it'll make sense. So I just read that passage from Ephesians over myself and I and then I ask the Lord to consecrate me, make me holy, give me greater discernment, anoint me for the work that is ahead yeah. of me. Mm-hmm. And that before that, um, I will usually have spent time in prayer, time, serious time in prayer, like a couple hours at least on the day of, and then repenting of my own sin and selfishness um, because um, prayer ministry takes a lot out of me. And then if I'm like really on top of it, I'll fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one other thing that comes to mind is, um, so after I repent, after I put on the armor of God, I spend a lot of time, but even during the um, prayer line, during the prayer ministry, mm-hmm. I will continually pray, come Holy Spirit, yeah. come Holy Spirit, continually inviting him into the prayer line yeah. and asking him, teach me how to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's, those are two almost like breath prayers that I mm-hmm. pray in that's prayer great. lines because I want to remain in a posture of humility. Mm-hmm. And when I pray those two things, come Holy Spirit and teach me how to pray, I am saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. Don't let me do this in my own strength. You yeah. know, So it's really easy to kind of get into prayer ministry and start praying advice or praying your own personal, yeah. like, I've done this thing. I know this thing. Here's how you fix it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, asking the Lord to come, asking him to teach you, those are just also two ways that I prepare yeah I think that actually that's a really good thing like you're touching on something that happens I think when we we all get tired we all start to strive a little bit Mm -hmm. we all run we can all fall into that trap and the I think the bottom line is is like to your point earlier Matt if you focus on just loving the person in front of you and addressing the prayer request that's 
been brought. If you don't hear anything, that's okay. Absolutely. Just pray the thing that they've asked for, bless them in the name of Jesus, and be like, go and receive ministry from the Lord himself. Yes. Yep. There's no bad that can come from that. That's right. Yeah. You know, a couple thoughts as we're wrapping things up. One is um, I would just want to encourage people to... If this some of this stuff sounds foreign or you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's a lot of things to think through, just take a deep breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Just like anything else, if you want to uh, feel more proficient at this kind of prayer ministry, you just have to do it. Yeah. It takes practice just like anything else. And you learn things. Just all of the things that we're sharing were not something, at least for me, that someone handed me a book and said, here's how you do it. They're just, you learn it as you're doing it. You yeah. Mm -hmm. recognize the ways that God is working and you learn how to cooperate and they're just practical things that you learn along the way. So just practice, just, just, there's nothing bad that's going to happen if you just offer to pray for people. That's right. Just go ahead and do it. And I would say, you know, be willing to take risks. Like even if, if you start to hear something from the spirit and you feel unsure about it, it's okay to say, you, you know, I have no, I don't have any clue if this is right. But for some reason, when we were just praying, I just, this is the thing I was sensing. Again, I could be wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you offer it to the person mm-hmm. and see what God does with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to take a little bit of risk. with. And when you couch it with gentleness and love and you put that, you're saying you're acknowledging that you could be wrong, there's really not a lot of bad that can come from that, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I think it's okay. Your spiritual preparation, your own life with Christ, and then just being willing to just sort of listen and obey this isn't as don't overcomplicate it as much as we're giving you all these tips and stuff. You can just take a deep breath. The Lord will give you what you need. The spirit is able to meet you Mm -hmm. in every way that you need. There's no do or die. There's Mm -hmm. no do or die. And, but I would say, um, I would treat this kind of ministry with a level of reverence. Yeah, absolutely. This is a holy work. Yeah. And you know, a preacher doesn't stand up most of the time on Sunday morning without some level of preparation in the word or in prayer, you hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a prayer minister should have a level of preparation and, and a level of reverence about what they're doing as well, because this is a holy moment. And honestly, God does miraculous things in normal humans coming forward to pray with other normal humans, but filled with the spirit. God can do yeah. incredible things. I, I just... I think that's a good word and there's no pressure. And um, the one last one last practical thing I want to say before we wrap is I was really proud of this, our Spirit and Truth prayer team. Like they just did a great job. And um, they were all mostly just normal church people that's right. who'd just been trained in prayer, took a risk. And um, one of them came up to me and said, I feel like I had a word of knowledge, but I wasn't really sure. And she wrote it down. Mm. that is a good tip. Like if you hear something and you're like, I don't know how this is going to fly, just write it down, give it to someone who you feel like more confident or, or whatever. So don't necessarily give it to the person, give it to someone you can get discernment from. And just for the record at the conference, I got multiple testimonies Mm. from people who God spoke to in some really profound ways through prayer times that were not with ministry professionals that is correct 
like just normal Christian people mm-hmm. listening for the spirit and praying over people. And like one pastor, I can, I'm just popping into my head, uh, who just was sharing just God just spoke to him in a really beautiful, profound way. And the person praying for him is not a ministry professional <laughs> at all. You know, like it's awesome. Yeah. And this is what the Holy Spirit can do. Yep. And so, you know, even if you've never participated in this kind of ministry, but you're listening to this podcast, uh, maybe this is an invitation for you just to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to take a risk and just step in next time that there's an opportunity or they're asking for volunteers for the prayer team. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Do it. It'll be good. It's beautiful. It is. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, things. Now I will be honest. You said this earlier. It is a, an exhausting kind of ministry. I'm much more tired after praying for people in this kind of ministry time than I am uh, preaching, for yeah. example, yeah. which is, uh, you know, has its own sort of spiritual weight and, you know, mm-hmm. it uses up energy in a different kind of way. Yeah. But you're really, when you're really listening for the spirit and then allowing that to sort of be poured through you to, to minister to other people, it's a real, you know, it is a spiritual work. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have a part two on how you recover and prayer patterns and because you can get real deep with this stuff. So, yeah. But thank you so much for listening, you guys, and we'll come back to you in the next conversation. Bye. Bye. That's been our podcast for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another great episode. Leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, and we would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with a friend. For more information on Spirit and Truth, head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life. There you will find all the information you need to answer your questions. That's it, and we'll come back to you in the next conversation.